Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of Yarns from the Plain. Big girls don't cry. Or do they? Hello, how are you? Welcome if you're a new listener. We'll just budge up and make some room for you. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. It's great to have you back. It's been lovely over this past few weeks to read all the comments from the people who have been entering into the Mayan Spinner competition. Don't forget, you still have a few days. So if you haven't entered yet to win that gorgeous acrylic Mayan Spinner from Crafts from the Dungeon, along with a little pile of beautiful merino-carded fluff, please feel free to go along and leave a comment in the Ravelry group or over on the Podbean site at www.yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com for episode 31, or for the at the comments on the blogspot site yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com remember you need to finish off the sentence i want to win a mayan spinner because i've had a lovely time reading them some of them are beautifully altruistic uh, reasons i would like to no longer bash people on the bus while i'm trying to spin some of them are very selfish reasons I need one. Uh, Taffa Files had me in stitches. Apparently her Andean plier is, uh, plying tool is complaining that there are not enough South American named spinning items in her house and it needs some company, which I thought was excellent. Uh, somebody else, who I can't remember off the top of my head, and I'm really sorry if I can't, but this one had me roaring in laughter. She said she needs uh, a Mayan spinner because uh, the effect of actually knitting on the bus now no longer makes people react. Um, so they're used to it. So she needs a Mayan spinner so that they will actually continue to be shocked and distressed by the sight of somebody actively pursuing a craft activity, uh, which I thought was absolutely fabulous. So keep them coming in. I've had quite a few entries. I've had a brilliant time reading them. and. The competition is open until this, I think it's Thursday, the 24th of November. So you've still got a few days left if you haven't entered yet. The next episode will actually go out after next weekend. So um, it's uh, I'll have time to, to sort out uh, a winner from them. So how's it been going with you? I've had uh, an interesting few weeks. It's been back at school and very hectic and um, my head's been spinning slightly and as of course is want to happen at times when I'm in one of these frantic moods is I end up trying to craft an awful lot as well to try and make sure that I am actually calming down so that I am restful enough for sleep well of course what happens then is I'm not restful enough for sleep and I'm not sleeping enough and then I have days like Friday where I'm just so tired that I feel that I need to sleep all the way through but of course yesterday was guild and now I'm on the committee. I do feel that I need to be there early enough to help with the setting up. So um, I didn't have my sleep in. Uh, I ended up watching Children in Need on Friday night and quite late and then got up fairly early because I needed to, you know, um, go and pay a call and uh, couldn't go back to sleep. And so I was functioning again yesterday on quite a short amount of sleep, but uh, never mind. So 
in terms of my manic productivity, um, what have I done since I spoke to you last? Well, I have been churning out baby hats. A colleague of mine is having a baby and during half term uh, I made a start on several baby hats and then finished them all off at the beginning of November. I've just had such a blast. Um, I haven't, I actually missed her baby shower so I need to get around to, to get them with the babies due on the 6th of December so I need to pull my finger and get out. Um, I've mainly used um, either um, Debbie Bliss Cash Merino DK I think it's DK, yeah. Or I've used RYC Cash Soft Aaron. Now, I love RYC Cash Soft Aaron. It's a bit skimpy on um, yardage compared to some other similar um, products. But it's just, oh, I just love it. I just love it. And it's machine washable. And, of course, you know, Rowan have stopped it. And I just think it's bonkers. But, anyway, there we are. So, in the Cash Soft Aaron... No, in... No. I'll leave that one. In the Debbie Bliss Cash Merino... DK, I have knitted two hats. One is a pink um, hat called Tuby, uh, which is from um, Wee Woolly Toppers by Woolly Wormhead, because I just love my Woolly Wormhead patterns. And it's a very simple tube of stocking stitch and reverse stocking stitch um, bands. I had to alter it slightly because the yardage was a bit short, so I think I only did four um, rows of each. Um, so four rows of um, stocking stitch four is of, t- t- of uh, reverse stocking stitch and you're doing it in the round so it makes this gorgeous tuby hat I had a little bit of yarn left over so I've t- made two mini pom-poms so um, hopefully I'm a bit worried it might not be deep enough considering how wide it is you know maybe I should have reduced the number of stitches and but there we are anyway that's uh, nice and stretchy and that's rather gorgeous also from Wee Woolly Toppers I have knitted um, Waltzer which is a gorgeous beret um, done in moss stitch and I've done that in a cream and that's just gorgeous, I just love it absolutely love it um, it's got a little stalk on the top like a proper French beret so everyone at work has just gone crazy for it but my favourite is the hat that I tried to knit first and ended up knitting two of um, due to sizing issues it is a Christmas pudding hat it's just gorgeous. The baby's due on the 6th of December. How can you not knit her a Christmas pudding hat? Um, so, I had a look. I, I was fairly confident that if I couldn't find something, I could bodge something together from the tomato hat patterns. But Debbie Bliss did a Christmas pudding hat pattern in a 1992 book called um, Knits for Hands, Feet, um, uh, Hands, Heads and Toes, I think. Of course, you know, I can't actually lay my hand on it at the moment to tell you for definite what it's called. Let me have a, just a rummage on the side of the chair. Um, yeah, Kids Knits for Heads, Hands and Toes. There you go. See, I was almost right. Um, and it was published by Ebury Press in 1992. And there were some great ones. Um, lots of bonnets with ears on. You just love it. A wee willy ang winky hat. A fabulous little um, ladybird hat with matching slippers. Oh, just fab. So, originally, she'd done it, because this predated her yarn line, so originally she'd done it in a um, two strands of a Hayfield um, double-knitting DK. So I thought, well, if I do it in an Aaron, um, Let's see what we, we come up with. So I did it in an hour and on a slightly smaller needle size than she had recommended for the two strands of DK. And it came out beautifully. But it did come out 
far more suitable for, um, you know, a six to 12 month baby, really. It was not a newborn size. And the pattern was designed for a six to 12 month hat. So, you know, I shouldn't have been unduly surprised by that. So I dropped down a couple of needle sizes to 3.75. And I think it's far more, according to, you know, the woolly worm head measurements, it's, it's far closer to a newborn to three month old hat size. I suspect it might still fall over her eyes on Christmas day, but you know, better that than anything else. Um, you don't really want to end up with it, you know, sort of the only being able to wear your Christmas pudding hat in the summer, really, do you? I mean, dropping down to a 3.75 needle size has, of course, given the hats, you know, something approaching, uh, you know, a texture of Kevlar. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not that bad, but it is substantially thicker and obviously doesn't have the drape when you do it with a 4.5 needle, but it will keep the wind out. So, you know, the last two winters here in the UK have been actually much colder than they have been in recent years. So anything for keeping the wind out of a baby's ears has got to be good, hasn't it? So that took up um, most of my knitting on my half-term holiday and a bit after because I was fiddling around with the holly leaves for a while. Um, they're actually really well written. You knit each leaf in two pieces and it is is pretty much a, a rectangle, but in the middle of it, you put a pico row by knitting one, you know, knit two together, yarn over, knit two together, yarn over, knit two together, yarn over. And then you um, turn it wrong sides together and just stitch up the cast off. And uh, No, you don't. That's a lie. You actually fold it over and cast off the... Oh, how ridiculous. I can't remember what you do. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me consult because I think I might have done something different. Bear with, bear with. Yes, you, you actually do, you do, it's like doing a three needle bind off, but you haven't got another needle because your cast on stitches aren't live. You just fold them up and you purl um, the stitch together. And, and as you purl it, you go through the cast on loop as well. So it's, it's kind of effectively a three needle bind off, but not quite because you haven't got three needles i hope that makes sense um i did alter the pattern slightly for the hat because um i didn't like the decreases i felt that they were they came uh, too flat atop i wanted a more curved hat so i did alter the decreases um to suit my own taste to make them more regular over the um over the the white icing part of the christmas pudding um but i did i did love it and you know, thank heaven for Fibre and Clay's library because I'd seen it on Ravelry and I thought, well, where on earth am I going to find that pattern? Because it's the nicest Christmas pudding hat out of all of the ones that I could find. And um, there it was in the library. The other um, change I did was that Debbie Bliss knit it flat and then seamed it, which I suspect is why the decreases were the way they were. Um, and I just, I turned it into the round. So I really like the fact that I know enough about hat knitting now that I can judge a better decrease for to suit my taste and I can just automatically convert things into the round. So I am really pleased with that. Thank you, Woolly Wormhead, for all of that help um, on the two courses that I've done with you that have helped give me the confidence to do that. What else have I done? Well, my weaving is off the loom. Finished that this week. Um, it's about 17 and a half inches wide. The weaving itself is probably about 51 
inches. So it's only just long enough really to go around my shoulders and over the top of my arms a bit like a pashmina. Um, and then I've left a longish fringe. Um, it's, you know, it's not long enough to, to swing back round my neck and over my shoulder again, but I'm not too worried about that. It was a learning piece and it's given me an idea of how long I need to warp it up if I want to make one of those, um, sari style Mobius cowls that B was, uh, my friend B was making the other month. It's given me another idea to work out how much more I'd need to extend the dining table if I wanted to have a longer warp or um, that I'd quite possibly have to actually put a second warping peg out to warp around. Um, but, you know, that's OK. That's part of the learning process. So I am pleased with it. You can definitely see an improvement up the um, piece. You can definitely tell which end is the start and which end is the finish um, just by looking at the selvages. The selvages are not neat and even. But I decided I didn't care that I was doing it. It was going to be entered into the guild competition yesterday um, in the class the first time I've tried. So I thought, right, well, that would do. That would absolutely do. Quite happy with that. So, so that's what that's what I did. So, quite pleased with that. Anything else? Yes, I'm working on um, various bits and bobs for the wool sack project for cushions. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to dedicate the next episode to talking about wool sack. I'm going up to Harrogate. I'm going to volunteer on the wool sack stuffing station for a while next weekend. And um, I'm going to hopefully then make a big feature about wool sack. And I'll explain more about the project for those of you who haven't heard about it. Um, if you do want to find out a little bit more, then uh, you can find out at www.woolsack.org. I think that's the, the link and you can find out more information there but I will be focusing the whole of the next episode on Woolsack mainly because that's what most of my knitting is going to be for the next little while. I'm now recovering at the moment sat in a chair from a bit of strenuous activity linked I mentioned the guild competition uh, linked to the guild competition the chairman's choice of category was called kaleidoscope and after the polymer buttons workshop from last month I really wanted to make some polymer buttons to go with the scrap yarn spinning now I spoke about the scrap yarn spinning and then if anyone followed me on the tweet you'd have seen that I cracked and spun some yellow because I felt it needed some yellow I then you know looked at the yardage and spun some more red so that was the weekend I think after I uh, recorded the podcast and uh, carded and spun some more red using the hand carders and then last weekend I finished off by doing some more blues and purples I then on Friday night re-skeined um, the yarn so it was in seven skeins broadly red, orange, yellow, green, blue um, sort of an indigo which actually was just darker blue and dark purples and then the violet was the lighter purples it did look fab I wasn't massively happy with the buttons. They weren't big enough. They weren't colourful enough. I used a bit too much black. But again, learning curve, you know, it's uh, it's all about learning what's going on. It was really, really hard to to do it as well. I didn't have a ceramic tile, so I was trying to use a um, shiny piece of kind of plastic. And that just wasn't right for it. It kept sticking to it. I had Kato, not Fimo, which needs a lot more conditioning. And 
I didn't have a pasta machine to make long flat sheets, which I think is um, really helpful <laughs> to have a pasta machine. How sad is that? So, um, so they weren't a massive success, but uh, you know, they gave me an idea, and I, I've still got plenty of time because I haven't actually started knitting that. And I'm not going to start knitting that yet. I tried a little bit um, the other weekend realized for the first 19 yards I was only getting one pattern repeat and that was only one with an increased row in it at the top of the lesel so that was when it signaled to me I needed more red. I now have 540 yards. Um, it's not Aran weight as was supposed to be. Um, it's more chunky and you know definitely around the very first bit of red um, that was so badly carded it's more bulky but that's okay it will give a nice stable neckline. But in the process of making the buttons, because the Kato was so hard to condition, I've hurt my hand. I've got sore hands. I've got, like, bruises in the centre of the palms. I mean, I can't see the bruises, but I can feel them. They're really sore. And then yesterday, as when I came home from Guild and I was trying to work on a felted cushion for Woolsack, um, I've ended up really hurting my arms and shoulders from that. So I'm a very achy person today. Um, whinge, whinge, moan, moan. <laughs> but there we are so you see maybe this big girl does cry a bit from pain from craft related injury anyway that's what i've been working on over the last few weeks now on to the review this episode i'm reviewing big girl knits by jill moreno and amy singer kind of fits with the theme you see this is quite an old book i think it was first published in 2006 by Potter Craft and was retailing for $30 in the US and $42 Canadian. I stumbled upon it um, during half term week for three ninety nine, the princely sum of £3.99 at The Works. Now, if you're not familiar at all with The Works, The Works is one of these discount bookstores where they pile them high and sell them off. I really don't like it as a bookstore. I like my bookstores where I can go in, I can find all the new releases, I can search through the classic section, I can speak to the bookseller and find recommendations. And the works is not that kind of store. And because everything is piled up, I'm never very keen on it because it's not anything that you can go in and look for something specific. It's whatever they've got from the publishing warehouses that they just need to clear. But very occasionally you do find a bit of a gem. And I went in purely because actually I wanted a sandwich from Subway across the way and they'd run out of bread and it would need 15 minutes. So I wandered in to uh, just have a, you know, a look and stumbled across this. So 25 big, I think it says big bad, I can't see for the, for the oh, big bold project shaped for real women with real curves. So I picked it up and it says here inside it, you know, and apologies for those people who've got this because it is, like I say, it's been out for a while, but it's not something that I've picked up before. Big Girl Knits features 25 unique patterns for women size 14 and up. Now bear in mind, this is an American book, so size 14 is probably going to equate to a UK size 18. From flattering pullovers and sexy tees to sleek skirts and fun accessories, this book is overflowing with options for knitting up an entire wardrobe to complement your shapely knits. And it does. But what I think is makes this book worth its weight in gold is the section before the patterns. And there are four sec uh, chapters before you actually get to the patterns. 
One is The Secrets of Big Girl Knitting. Chapter two is Meet the B3, Boobs, Belly and Butt. Chapter three is This is the Part Where You Get Measured. And chapter four is The Two Indispensable Adaptations for Big Girls. Now, I have been, as you'll possibly remember, sort of in a bit of a denial about actually getting the tape out and measuring. And I try and do an estimation and invariably end up with something that seems a bit bigger than I thought originally um, because I'm really no good at trying to sort of judge my actual size and I do an awful lot of trying to avoid going near a tape measure. Um, But I found this really, really interesting in terms of what kind of measurements you need to take, not just your chest measurement and your waist measurement and your hip measurement and it's really, really, really detailed really detailed and I'm really impressed with the level of detail it is because it reminds me in a way of some of the advice that Joan McGowan Michael was giving in one of the workshops that I didn't attend at Nick Camp in uh, summer 2010 but which someone told me about afterwards it's really really detailed you would need a person to help you there's no way you can measure your own back but it's really really good stuff it then goes on to talk about how you could take a standard pattern that comes in a a roughly appropriate size, but how you can then adapt it to put in short rows across the bust so that you don't end up with that terrible thing that you get when you knit a straight boxy sweater that just can't accommodate your chest. So the front is several inches higher than the back of the sweater, which just looks dreadful. Um, so it tells you, talks you through how to actually decide where to put your short rows, how many short rows to put in. And then also, again, about how to include some waist shaping so that boxy sweaters accentuate, uh, are shaped so they accentuate your curve rather than look like boxes and therefore hang like tents. And I just thought it was really, really interesting. It's worth it for, for its own. It then goes on to categorise the sweaters, depending on whether it's going to help emphasise boobs, emphasise your bum, emphasise your your waist or skim it or whatever. So you can look at finding a style that will suit and complement what you are and celebrate your curves rather than try and hide them underneath a big saggy, sacky sweater. And... It's just, it's really interesting. Some of them are really, really nice patterns. Using ribbon yarn, using um, interesting yarn, but all the way through, just pointing out that chunky girls and chunky yarn really are a match made in hell. And it just isn't, isn't attractive. Um, So uh, I really thought that was really good. There are... um, some of the cardigans and coats particularly, there's a gorgeous um, self-striping um, cardigan. It's written, it, it's knitted with crayon and then a solid colour to complement it. And the front and the back parts of it are knitted on the bias. So you've actually got um, these chevron patterns, which of course um, draw your eye down the front and don't give you that terrible dearth of horizontal striping there's quite a bit on wrap tops and um it looks you know really uh, really really nice now i'm i'm still at that terrible stage where i can't i am kind of just dumpy i'm kind of a bit you know humpty dumpty ish dumpty so there's an awful lot here about accentuating um 
big girl's boobs and I don't have enough boobage to go with my waist. Um, so I'd have to pick carefully out of these uh, and I'm not convinced the wrap top's going to do much for me because I'm not convinced I've got any cleavage unless I was to stick a couple of chicken fillets down the side. But it's just really interesting to look at um, some of them and I have to say the sweaters and the cardigans and the coats are and the tanks um, and the, the tank tops and the t-shirts are just absolutely fabulous. They're really, really good. However, we do stray into some bizarre territory as we get into the further chapters. Skirts. Now, I don't care how curvy you are and how bootylicious you are, or even how slender you are. Wool kind of adapts to the shape, doesn't it? And to my mind, it doesn't matter how good you look in your skirt. The moment you start sitting in it, it's stretched around your bum, isn't it? When you stand up again, is that not just going to leave a stretchy shape? Do you remember, you know, back in the 80s when we were all wearing those terry towning pyjamas? And the knees would always go baggy from when you were sat by the side of the campfire on guide camp in your wellies and your anorak and your terry toweling pyjamas and you'd be sat on your bottom with your feet on the floor and your knees up, hugging your knees, keeping yourself warm. When you walked back to the tent, you always had baggy elephant knees in your pyjama bottoms. And we're not going to have the same problem with these skirts. I mean, they're lovely, but I'm just not convinced a knitted skirt is practical for anybody who actually has to sit down at any point during the day. However lovely... They might, and I mean the Jackie skirt here does look lovely. It's an A-line with an elasticated waist, and then um, a diagonal stripe that goes from one side, from the the left side, diagonally up to um, a little way, maybe about just under halfway up the right side. So it draws your eye to it, but doesn't you know draw your eye to your bum? Looks really good. And a pair of knitted yoga pants. Seriously? It's the baggy knee syndrome again, isn't it? They're just... Oh, they're just all going to go shapeless. It's just not going to be nice. So I'm, you know, sort of a bit confused by it. I'm delighted by the jumpers, but just slightly confused by the bits for your bottom half. And then we've got a section on accessories, which again, this is... A about knitting for big girls and big sizes why do you need to put socks and mittens and well I suppose a big wrap a big wrap that's bigger than a small wrap I suppose but you know not quite sure I mean there is mimosa is a lovely wrap in there that's done with linen um with lots of beads in it and it is beautiful and I should imagine I suppose that you know trying to knit uh a shawl that's going to fit you from some of these small things is is possibly annoying but and I'm, I'm just you know not convinced by by its place and what it needs to be in there but in terms of a reference for how to measure yourself accurately and how to adapt knitting so that it fits you well i think it's an absolute winner um i just think there's a couple of dodgy pants towards the end but that's big girl knits um, by Jill Moreno and Amy Singer from Nitty.com and I found it 
in the works in Northwich for three ninety nine. But I've been um, I've been trying to go on a diet. It's not I'm not really very successful. Um, but I find that whenever I go shopping and I can't get into things, you know, when you try clothes on and you the size you weren't expecting to be, I just come home and I put on a song, and the song is "Big Girls Don't Cry." You know, the song there's a couple of versions of it. Big girls, big girls don't cry. Such a load of rubbish, that is it is. Big girls don't cry. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> cry because they're fat, cry because they can't get a boyfriend, and they cry because there's no trifle left. So the review's got a link to the title, but what about everything else? Well, I think I've talked to you on a number of occasions before about the idea of big girls wearing big yarn you know chunky girls shouldn't wear chunky yarn uh you know and i can just about get away with uh, that jacket i did with the big wool but you know it's not it's not flattering really really people tell me it is but i'm not convinced um and obviously my yarn for the liesel cardigan was supposed to be aaron and it is chunkier than that so i am I'm going to be brutally honest, between you and me, I'm a little concerned that it might just chunk me up a bit. But, you know, (laughs) never mind. But no, it's not those that have had me nearly in tears. It's not even the pain from my craft-related injury that have had me nearly in tears. What caused me trauma was an incident that happened a couple of weekends ago. My husband very kindly went up to go and scoop up the last amount of washing and he bundled it down and I whipped out a couple of pairs of socks a pair of socks that were scooped up that I could see a pair of hand knit socks so I pulled those out and said no it's okay I'll hand wash those ones and that was it he washed them put them into tumble everything was fine I walked into the kitchen to find draped over the kitchen radiator, so thankfully at least he realised he couldn't tumble it, was a sweater. My large, sloppy, Elizabeth Zimmerman percentage sweater, the one I made nearly three years ago. Now, I have talked about this sweater before. Um, It ended up larger than I thought, um, but was very snuggly, came down halfway down to my thighs, the hands came out over my, the sleeves came down over my hands. It was one of those jumpers that when you're just feeling a bit miserable, you can just snuggle into it and it's absolutely gorgeous. I then lost some weight from when I had first knitted it. So when I had last worn it last year and, you know, the pair of us had been in stitches falling about all over the place because I just looked like I was wearing a sack. But it was just absolutely gorgeous. Well, it is a sack. No more. It was lying in a position fairly close to the laundry basket. And I can only blame myself here um, because I had actually seen it there and thought, I really must move that. He's popped that near there from where I'd put it. And that's an accident waiting to happen. But of course, I didn't pick it up and move it. So he scooped it all up. And put it in the wash. It is no longer a sloppy Joe sweater. Thankfully, it actually fits as a fitted sweater now. It finishes probably just below the widest part of my hips, which I'm not overly fond of. That I could have done with an extra inch. 
still on it. The sleeves now finish at my wrists. Um, there's not acres of fabric left around the chest. It just sort of skims over the top of it. Um, he's got away with it. I was going to stab him in the eye with a DPN when I found it. I thought I was very calm. I lifted it from the radiator and went, this does need to be dried flat. Although it shouldn't have been dried, uh, washed in the washing machine at all. Look at the size. And he kind of went, ooh. And then I slipped it on. And he went, oh, I've done you a favour. It looks so much better now. You did look like you could have fitted two more people in there with you. <laughs> Thank you, dear. So it actually does work. We have got away with it. And I'm hoping that as I lose a little bit more weight, then it will continue to only look better. But, you know, when you just think, I'm oh, really... Really? You know, it's a hand knit. Just because some of my socks can be machine washed doesn't mean the rest of my things can be hat washed in the machine. You idiot. Marital discord. You know, but I didn't say any of that. Of course I didn't say any of that. I just thought it. Thought it. Squeezed a DPN. Smiled. And thanked my lucky stars that it hadn't shrunk to the size of a Cindy jumper because then I really, 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 really would have cried. But there we are. So I haven't got a something I really like this week. It's more a disasters that have nearly made me cry week. Thankfully, from the of the jumper, I have snatched a sort of victory from the jaws of defeat. In terms of the felting of that cushion, I'm not convinced we can get there yet. But um, never mind. We'll see. Can I just say as well, it's been absolutely lovely um, to have some people popping over onto the board and popping up some of those recipes after I put up um, my recipe for the risotto last week. Somebody else put, uh, or last time, I somebody else put some recipes up about uh, using curried lentils and curried lentil veg and we started a little banter off there. Um, so thank you very much, um, those people who put their recipes up. Go and have a look. Go and share some recipes. I kind of like this idea. Um, I took Helen's recipe for curried lentil soup and uh, first of all curried it in, turned it into a curried lentil and apple soup because there were so many apples. Um, then I did make a curried lentil and veg soup and it was really, really nice. So thank you very much. Um, go over and have a little look. If you would like to contact the show, you can leave a comment on the show notes at www.yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com or over at www.yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com You can message me on Ravelry, I'm Tales from the Plane. You can pop over to the Ravelry group and chat on over there. Feel free to start a thread about anything. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. I do tweet sometimes, but, you know, not always, uh, where I'm tales from plane. And it's just lovely to hear from you. I really, really, really love getting that feedback. So thank you very much. It's great to know that you're out there and you are enjoying the podcast.
Until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening.